This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be nation. Welcome back to PTBN's NBA team podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew Reich. I am joined by Adam Murray. Adam, we um, had a show last week where we discussed a couple of moves that had been made and gaudy performances. Then we had the trade deadline, and it seemed like a lot of te- teams didn't necessarily like take the week off, but they kind of put it into autopilot where you didn't see too many like crazy performances or other, other than Cleveland going on a win streak and then the trade deadline happened and it just kind of happened <laughs> not nothing really spectacular well this was clay thompson got traded right because that was your yeah no blockbusters no i don't blockbusters. Yeah, nothing's gonna clay thompson's gonna get moved you know sometimes you have those one or two teams that get frisky they go for broke and you know that's why i was saying Hey, I, I think Zion Williamson might be on the market or, um, you know, maybe Clay Thompson, maybe the Warriors will finally blow it up. Well, none of that happened. Now, there, for me, there were like two really big takeaways from the trade deadline. Number one was that and we, we had already talked about this in the previous episodes, especially you. You had brought it up a number of times going into the deadline about how it might be uneventful is that the big tra- the big trades happened already. You know, Damian Lillard went to Milwaukee and the Raptors had their fire sale and um, um, the, the uh, what was that traded between? Oh, James Harden, James Harden going to the Clippers. There really wasn't that much room for these tax paying teams, especially with the second apron in play to really make a big jump and go for it and add a big piece while not having to give away too many things. That was the biggest that was a big part. The other part is that it's become it's become obvious that. Because this is the last year the taxpaying teams that are past the second apron are going to be allowed to do this uh, by CBA rules that the buyout market is actually going to be probably more significant to the playoff teams than the trade deadline is. Who even knows who has – because it seems like they gave away all their second-round picks, everybody. And and if you see the trans- – yep, yeah, that's true. And if you see half of the transactions, most of them were waived. You know, people like Daniel House and um, James Booknight, Marcus Morris, Joe Harris, like er- Robin Lopez. These aren't people that are like earth-shaking moves. We already had a couple players uh, already signed with new teams off the of waivers that we could talk about in a minute. But – it's just the fact that these are the people that the teams go for in the playoff time because they are experienced. They've been to the playoffs and they can they can try to bridge maybe an injury issue uh, going into the playoffs for some of these teams. Yeah, except for James Booknight, who will probably be G League bound. Well, he will. But I mean, there's a there's a number of others that wound up going on the waiver wire because a lot of these teams, like we said, were trying to escape the second tax apron, like New Orleans and Philadelphia. Uh, and some people ask, why are they trying to get out of the tax? Uh, well, you know, why aren't they playoff teams? Don't they want to get better? The thing is, if you are there, it is so much more significant now if you are a tax repeater um, because your bill triples. So now it's if you were a luxury tax team or really, really close, it's almost an obsession by ownership to get out of it. So we saw that with Philadelphia. We saw that with New Orleans. Memphis did it. Um, it's not really that shocking. It's just it just shows that it's really difficult 
to use trades now um, unless there's a superstar involved in order for good teams to get better? Like, do you really feel like any teams got better? New York. Okay, what about Dallas? Dallas. You you would say in like inequivocally they're a better version of themselves than before the deadline, adding you know taking off Grant Williams but adding in PJ Washington and things like that. I we will go over the trades later. You said. <laughs> well, there ain't that many to I, go. I by. like how you're you're asking the 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 results question first, but we. Yes, the Knicks won. Yes, the Mavericks won. You could say after everything is said, the Lakers got better, which they desperately needed to do and didn't have to give anything away. Yeah, because of the buyout market with Spencer Dinwiddie. And I guess it's kind of a win for Toronto as they finally made up their mind deciding what they want to do. Same goes for Charlotte. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what about Indiana? I mean, they had already made the move for Siakam, but do you think they're actually a playoff team now? They made a lot of bench moves for seemingly the sake of ben making bench moves. That I don't know why they just decided to flip everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... like, uh, like, like, uh, here's the only weird one was that they got Corey Joseph in the trade, but then they bought him out. Like, I think they could have used him. To be honest with you, that was that seemed to be the theme this year: is we'll trade for you and then cut you. Mm-hmm. Just a lot probably because of... the players probably because the players just said outright, if you bring me to location X, I'm not going to play there. I won't even go to camp or I won't go to the facility. You'd, you're better off buying me out. So they go in with the expectation that they're going to get bought out and be able to choose their next destination. So that's the, you know, that's the down there looking for these teams that are willing to do the buyout. The biggest one was Detroit. Detroit did a number of buyouts. Detroit is just, it always just seems just trade with the dumbest team in the league and you'll feel better. And just Detroit getting all their yard sale pieces, had to cut them all. Nobody wanted their, their stuff. So you're, you're in the worst team in the league with a coach who's making. Just How can you call them the worst team in the league? They've won two games in a row. <laughs> because sadly, the second worst team, Washington is a smidgen better than them. I know. I was looking at that. The record is only what a uh, like a a game apart between Washington and Detroit, and then the San Antonio Spurs are maybe like a game above that. They're the Spurs are awful too. So um, Charlotte's weird. They kind of I don't want to say Charlotte had a fire sale, but they did let a couple of pieces go. But they weren't surprising. You know, Gordon Hayward going to the Thunder, PJ Washington going to Dallas in exchange for Grant Williams. I thought you said we're going over the trades later. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There, there's a lot of trades to talk about, though. Let me let me ask you this: When it comes to these trades, like, was there anything that piqued your interest? No, not really, because allegedly, we as we said last week, the sellers had very high prices that buyers weren't willing to meet. Like you had said with the losers, San Antonio for doing nothing. Like you're watching when Bayon. It's like, why are you wasting his year? kind of on nothing with just bad, really bad basketball all around him. There's mm-hmm. nothing really going on in San Antonio. And is it fair to say that some of those playoff teams are just comfortable with the teams that they have and they just didn't want to rock the boat too much? You know, teams like Cleveland, New Orleans, Oklahoma City did make that addition. but it, Oklahoma City made an addition, but you have 
the market was just we're not going to make a big huge splash with this this person uh, with the the few names that were available mm-hmm. publicly the we're not going to make a big huge leap of them so why gut our entire team for somebody who either a will will leave because they're a free agent next year and this is their expiring deal or b will go from what a six to a five seed maybe especially in the west there's no point of anybody in the west trading for anybody because uh, you're the teams are just too close yeah i believe between the top four seeds they're only a game apart and then it's sacramento new orleans and phoenix um but I can see Dallas with their improvements making a move. That that they're seven games over. I can see that the Lakers, you know, with the with the addition that they made, like you said, they can. Golden State not making any moves was I felt like was a that was a losing effort. I think they should have done something. I don't really know what can be done since all they really need to do is get into the play-in game, which it's right seems... now they're there, but it could change. And that's, I think, their mindset they're going is, let's just make it to the thing, and then we'll <coughs> turn it on. Yeah, they but... had an exciting game against Phoenix, where Curry Curry has had four game winners within the last 10 seconds of the game uh, this season. So he's missed. If you want a clutch player, if you're making bets, and you want your clutch player of the year award winner, there you go. But um, when it comes to Curry, like, he can't just carry the team. Draymond's back, and clearly he's not very apologetic to Yosef Nurkic because he went right after him again. <laughs> Which just so, it just goes to show, a zebra never changes its stripes. Like, when they play on the court, they they will say all the right things to get back on the court, and then they're just going to keep doing whatever they're doing. You know, old habits die hard, Adam. Well, he is back on the court, and they are slowly starting to win but with everyone else it's just why it would be a move for making the sake the sake of making a move mm-hmm. didn't really uh, it wouldn't have pole vaulted any team yeah. whereas oh. chicago it was like you guys gotta kind of do something yeah the, uh, the other one the other one who's close in the record books to uh chicago where i felt like they could have done something and didn't was orlando they probably liked their roster but I just thought they could have just done something with Fultz and Isaac and Gary Harris. Like, they could have pulled something off. Um, but that was strange. Chicago did nothing, which was just very, very odd. Like, they could have done something. Like, even Levine. Like, say they just took a slight discount to trade Levine away versus their original demands. Like, I think they could have made the move. I you know. If I guess just if your goal is to be in the play-in game every year. I mean, trade Patrick Williams. You've got Tory Craig. Like, you've got pieces you could have moved around. You know, that was the only thing that was really questionable. And I, and but the problem was the only one player everybody wanted from Chicago was Alex Caruso, and they don't want to give him up because he's too important to their defense. So it was kind of like, oh, we want, we don't want any of your players except for that one player that you don't want to give up, which is usually how it is with NBA general managers. They always try to negotiate their way to make a pl- uh, like <laughs> make the team say yes to giving up the one guy that they kept saying over and over again they weren't going to give up. Like, uh, like we, you remember that whole story about how they weren't going to get a deal done for Anthony Davis because they weren't willing to give up Kyle Kuzma in the deal. Well, they traded Kyle Kuzma for a a piece of candy in <laughs> to Washington. So it's like, clearly you didn't think that highly of the guy. You just said did that as like a, a negotiation ploy. Um, we didn't really, I don't, I don't know. Do you think that happened a lot behind the scenes where like you were talking about where they just had this upstanding offer of like, we want firsts, we want this star 
and we won't go lower than that. And the teams were just not willing to budge. Yeah, everybody's calling, like, you know, Brooklyn, hey, you want to get rid of your stuff for a discount? No, we want all these picks from, no. Hey, Atlanta, what are you looking for? You're looking to unload? No, we want you to come to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, no, not really. So yeah. it's very difficult, especially this season, with the tax and everything, to get right salaries and right everything is not as easy as it just used to be it's just oh well just dump into a third team and mm-hmm. they don't have picks to attach anymore uh did you have a favorite move or a sneaky move like uh, the the knicks getting shooting on their bench is a good thing yeah they got boyan bogdanovich and they brought back alec burks because i think they had already dealt him previously to detroit and they got him back they did have to give up quentin grimes were you surprised by that yeah i thought they would have uh, given up mcbride well, they just signed him, didn't they? They did. They did. They got him to like a small two-year deal. We had a couple of contracts get signed after the deadline because, you know, teams just have seen their development like uh, Memphis with Gigi Jackson and um, a couple of other people like that where they get kind of small. They get them on really small deals now because they know they're going to develop into better players down the road. But yeah, like Grimes also, I think, was a little was, was bought in on a deal. So they I, I guess it was just easy to unload them, you know? Toronto was confusing. Yeah. Well, they got Kelly Olenek, who I think is a good player. He's only on. Who's, they can they can buy him out, but I, he's I expiring. Think he, mm-hmm, he is. But and and they're they're pretty bad. I watched them play the Pels very recently, and the Pels just destroyed them. Like I think they had a point where they were up by forty points. So, um, it's clear that the Raptors are packing it in. Would you say that too? They're they're packing it in. Um, another. Another good deal was Charlotte getting rid of um, Hayward. Now, they were in a variety of them. So are you talking about the main one involving getting Williams and, and Seth Curry? or? Well, they got rid of Hayward and his contract and brought back the silly Millage, which you liked. Yeah, he played immediately. The first game he played, he played like 20 minutes. So, And you know that Miles Bridges is not long for that team. He is going elsewhere. Um, you got the burnt hands deal, which finally they can actually buy – they only have to pay him five million guaranteed out of sixteen million next year. So you got a pocket of money there. Um, Kyle Lowry already's been bought out, and he's going to the Sixers. So they they have a lot of cap room uh, coming up that they're going to have to use. But you know, along with Labella Ball's rookie max starting, but I think they got a future. Um, I just don't think they have they have new ownership. And they need to find out what the, they, the ownership wants. And the, I think the coach is a bad coach, Steve Clifford. Like they got a, they got some steps to take. But I, I, I do think they went into the right direction with getting rid of Hayward. I think they have been trying to get rid of Hayward for over a year. But nobody wanted him for that salary and mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, getting Grant Williams, they got a first out of it and Grant. Play given what PJ Washington, it is kind of a downgrade for him. But you get Grant's contract isn't terrible, and there were also murmurs that came out that he didn't mix well with the the locker room. But I I mean, Lord knows how true that is. That could just be them trying to kick him in the ass on the way out. He's a good three point shooter. He started hot and then he cooled down. Um, I mean, we, let's look at some of the playoff teams. Boston made small moves, but they, let me tell you something. Xavier Tillman is a nice big, and I think he's going to play in their playoff rotation. Okay. That's one that I think uh, people slept on. When it comes to 
I mean, Cleveland did nothing. We already talked a lot about Indiana and, and Miami getting Terry Rozier. What did you think of the Bucks getting Patrick Beverly? Uh, no, he, he's not as. Is he? He's, he's better than Cameron Payne, right? I guess Cameron Payne gives you volume shooting and numbers when, um, when 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 that's pretty much it. But he's a body, and Patrick Beverly is just old now and doesn't have what he had before. He's got the playoff experience though, which I think a lot of people are sort of eyeing on because experience is enormous in the playoffs youth that's why i still am really not sure about the thunder because they're one of the youngest teams in the league youth is a huge detriment in the playoffs huge and i just think that's going to come back to get him the knicks it's hard to say because even with Boyan and burks uh coming in and then achua getting more playing time uh og Ananobi went out with uh with an injury he'll be out for a few weeks and then julius randall is out for at least a month with a separated shoulder so we're not going to see them like at their full strength probably until mm, maybe middle of march so it's hard for me to say like if the say the knicks go on a losing streak after this they're going to say oh the deal's backfired i don't necessarily think so i just don't know if they can stay record wise up there with philadelphia and milwaukee and Cleveland and Boston. Like, I don't know if they can hang in there. I think Philadelphia made some decent moves because I felt like what Daryl Morey did, Adam, is that he looked at the scenario for the, for the last couple of months of the regular season for Philadelphia and said, okay, what kind of roster can I put together knowing I'm not going to have Joel Embiid? Can I put together a roster that can win enough games? And I felt like he did, you know, getting Buddy healed, getting Kyle Lowry in the buyout market, and all they had to shed was, like, Marcus Morris and Beverly and Daniel House. Like, I thought they got better. Not not a lot better, but slightly better. All right. Any other deals you liked? or? Um, Daniel Gafford is really nice. I just don't understand why they got him, because they already had Derek Lively the second. He's, they have he's no backup cool. to him. They don't, but, you know, and, and, that, and the main reason gone. is because Dwight Powell's kind of just like he's turned into a, a finesse big. The Clippers were uh, the Clippers are like the Warriors, like you were saying. They are so far past the second apron that there is no way they were going to be able to just add pieces like you, they would have had to give somebody up to get them. I don't even know if they can if they sign any of these buyout guys, the Clippers, uh, they're going to have to cut somebody. And I don't know if they're I, I feel like they really like their team. The Timberwolves getting Monte Morris, he's had a lot of injury issues over the last year. I don't know if that's going to make much of a difference. And then there's the Suns, you know, getting Royce O'Neal, David Roddy, and they gave away some of those minimum guys they had, like Shemeze Metu, Keita Bates-Diop, Yuta Watanabe. Those guys were not, like, key contributors anyways, but I think Royce O'Neal can be helpful. He also, I believe, played with Durant in Brooklyn, so he's got some familiarity with some of the main guys. Okay. I mean, and Roddy actually is a nice player. So but, in any deals you were like, what what just happened here? I'm confused. I know why the Kings did it. They didn't want to be in the tax. But why did they even, why did they get Robin Lopez? Like, <laughs> just to buy him out? I didn't understand. Yeah. I think the Bucks were just looking for somebody to get rid of it. Did you see the fact that Lopez was still on the bench after he got traded by the Bucks? Just reading a book. He was reading a book watching his brother Brooke. Like, is there... Is there a rule against that? I don't. I don't think like he cares. Sitting on the bench, like remember that time Demarcus Cousins was cut by the Lakers because he tore his ACL, but they let him sit on the bench. Yeah. Like th- it's just weird. 
Like, I've never seen that before, you know, but all I wanted to do was go to Disney World. Um, some of those pacer moves were a little, I, we already talked about it a little bit, but some of those pacer moves were, were questionable. You know, getting Doug McDermott back and, you know, cutting Furcon Corkmaz. I think they could have used Corkmaz. There's a lot of teams, I'm like, they could have used this player. Why are they, mm-hmm. why are they dumping them and... The one that was obvious was Dinwiddie. You knew Dinwiddie was getting waived. He was not happy in Brooklyn anymore, and the Raptors had no desire to use him. So you knew he was going to go on the market, and now he's going to the Lakers. Um, you think Buddy Hield can make a big difference in Philly? He can kind of be a like a sharpshooter alongside Maxi. Well, Philly's still going all in with with the hopes that Embiid comes back. I don't think he's coming back in the regular season. I think. If he comes back, it'll be early April just to get him just to get his legs fresh for the playoffs. Like, I think they're not going to take their chances. I also think they're punting on the MVP possibilities because they know he's not going to get the minimum number of games. I think they've already punted on that. You know, when 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 time's gone by and you don't even see MB like like even trying to work out, that's when you know, okay, this is a serious injury, you know, that he that he went through. I feel like the Ananobi injury really hurts New York. Like that that's the one that I'm really worried about when it comes to the East standings. Like I, I think New York's gonna fall back. Like, do you think any teams can jump them? Jump New York? No, no. Like Indi like Indiana, like a newly made Philadelphia core. Um Cleveland is so high. Like I know Cleveland's gonna come back down to earth, but now you got Mobley healthy, you got Garland back. Um you got Jared Allen playing great because he was playing in, uh, in he was playing the minutes that Mobley had. They're just they're just a really really good team. There's really no there's really no like simple like like complicated way to say it. You know, we already have a team that's gotten 40 wins for the first time this year, and that's Boston. Like, do you think they're going to finish with the best record in the league, or do you think other teams can make a jump? I think they probably will because they're going for it. What about 60 wins? It all depends on Porzingis, which everybody's all holding their breath. He's weird, man. Like, he, I mean, he's not weird. It's just that you you hear like, oh, yeah, he's kind of got an ankle issue. And then he'll come out and have 33 points and eight rebounds. <laughs> it's it's a, it's I mean, the Boston Celtics are they're not a super team, but they're about they're pretty close. They're pretty close. It's it's interesting times. It's interesting times. Like, I think the East is a little more open now because of the Embiid injury and the Knicks having to deal with some of their injuries uh, and adding some pieces. And I'm really interested to see that Dallas offense. I think that offense with the additions that they made with Williams and Washington, if they can really get on the same page with Luka and Kyrie, that offense could be really, really dangerous. They could, which I think is bolstered by the, to me, surprise Mm-hmm. Six man and Tim Hardaway because it was just he was just a volume shooter who didn't really hit that much and was, I, I want to say it's good to see him mm-hmm. him finally crafting a game as opposed to just shooting. Yeah, I, I and I mean I, I'll tell you one guy who I mean I feel like has been playing balls out. Franz Wagner has been playing great. You know when him and Paulo play great, like they're really tough to beat. The funny thing about the Magic in terms of style of play, they're sort of a throwback team. They play games like in the eh, like the high hundreds or maybe even to the nineties, and nobody really has a great game on either side. But um, but they always they always seem to just come out with a victory. So that's an interesting team, and I don't know. I, I think they can be a problem for some teams in the playoffs. I just don't think they have the firepower to match 
a Damian Lillard Giannis combo and definitely Boston. Like I, I don't see them like making a dent there, but if they get like a weekend team in the playoffs, like Cleveland or New York, I think they could actually make some noise. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to justify the fact that I said that they would be in fourth place in the East and I'm trying to like speak it into existence. Uh, I mean, the, the, the thing is, we haven't seen too many like gaudy performances. I think the best performance I've seen was Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram was playing the Raptors and he had 41 points and nine assists. So, but the Pels are weird because they play great in LA against the Clippers and then they get absolutely blown out in the same building by the Lakers. So it just speaks to sort of the NBA in general. You don't know when, when good teams play other good teams, they're so close that you don't know what you're going to get. That's how I feel right now. Fair enough. You know, uh, are you looking forward to anything? We got the all-star break coming up. I'm not really, uh, that's in Indianapolis. I, I don't really care too much about the festivities, uh, but do you think there's going to be any repurpose from any of these teams going after the all-star break? Do you think that some of these, any of these teams are in a good position to really like go for it? Oh, I thought you said a team is going to start tanking and let the well, tank repurp- I said repurposing. I said repurposing. Like maybe the purpose is to lose, right? Like, do you think some of these other teams that are kind of on the fringe of the play in, like, they might just say, fuck it, it's over. Like the Jazz or the Rockets or the Nets. Well, you have Chicago who thinks they can wholly make it and uh, for whatever reason. You have Utah, which has been somehow winning, and but they, I expect them to go back to their usual. They're starting to drop games. They were involved in a, a few of the trades. Uh there i think they didn't they wind up with auto porter jr somehow <laughs> the jazz are weird the jazz are weird like they shouldn't be as good as they are but they're not they're not as good as people would like to think they are the rockets they're dangerously getting into that they're six games under like they're now getting into that threshold where it's like all right we're just going to give a whole bunch of minutes to jalen green and see if he's a super see, see if he could play at a superstar level because they are not they are not impressing me yeah they've come back down to earth their defense is good, but their offense is really bad. And then we mentioned the Nets. That's another team kind of similar to the Jazz, where it's like, yeah, how good are they really? Offensively, I think they're really, really good. It's just that they 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 can really lay an egg. But no, it's been it's been fun, you know, like watching the NBA. It's it's just been it just it just seemed like the NBA trade deadline happened and nothing really exciting happened. That that that's the basics of it. Very, very good. <laughs> very astute. Yes. So that's it. You're good. You got everything I, in. I think. I, yeah. I'm. I'm telling you, man. This trade deadline really like took the energy out. Like it was like womp womp, like a giant womp womp. All right. Fair <laughs> I think. I, I. I just feel like the buyout market is the one where people are like. That's where the differences is going to be made. Uh, like, give me a couple that you think will get signed really quickly between like Gallinari, Rudy Gay, Thaddeus Young, Ish Smith. Like, do you think any of them will get picked up quickly? Ish Smith should. And, you know, because Dinwiddie already signed with the Lakers. He wasted no time. Mm-hmm. The one that shocked me, I couldn't believe this, is that the Raptors cut Christian Coloco. He hadn't played all year. He had some sort of. I know, but so they, so you're saying he's out with an injury for a season ending injury. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He, okay. Because he's he was, actually a good shot blocker for a bench warmer. If he was healthy. Well, they I'd also cut him. him way back. Uh, I believe the first trade. Gotcha. In, in order um, to create the spots. What about Joe Harris? He sort of felt if you can't get minutes on the worst team in the league, 
that's not good. Yeah, um, and I'll tell you one who I think he can land somewhere and get more minutes and and at a second home and try to prove himself. But I don't think a playoff team is going to pick him up. The recently cut first round pick, Killian Hayes. Um, it's really disappointing whenever you see like book night where you see first round picks that just don't make it. You know, the Pels had one. Uh, we had one with um, Kyra Lewis Jr. Sometimes it just well, doesn't work out. Well, the thing is, uh, so, not Snake Bay. Killian Hayes was getting starters minutes. He's getting 25 minutes a game still. It wasn't like he was Book Knight who was just DMPs mm-hmm. year in after year year out. Yeah, yeah. Killian Hayes was playing. And now, you're well, the worst team in the league. And... Well, now you know why they were the worst team in the league. Because <laughs> they're playing Killian Hayes probably 15 more minutes than he was supposed to be playing. Um, and then there's Daniel House. I, You know, Daniel House is just one of those guys who just seems to always wind up on a playoff team. Uh, but I just don't know where. Okay. So that'll be the fun part when we start seeing those little pickups. And after the all-star break, if they, if some of these teams pick up some momentum, but um, that's really it. It's been kind of a, a whatever week in the NBA. Finally, it's all over. All the will they or won't they's have been answered. Now we can slowly go to the all-star break and not care about that and move on to the, the, the now tankathons. Yeah, this is the death march. You know, February to March is the death march. Like, this is where it's like, okay, clearly this team's one through eight are the best, and these other teams are are ready to pack it in. And we're right at that fringe where someone's – these teams are about to pack it in. All right. Well, for Andrew Reish, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.